Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning, Alan. I am doing great, man. I am ready to rock and or roll. With Take your pick. Oh, we're limited to just one choice this today? Yeah, yeah. We're not going to go crazy. It's either rock and or roll. This must be government funded then because, uh, you know, there's no way you can do both. No, absolutely. You, you have your choice. Take it and be satisfied. Fair enough. I think this week I'm going to choose to roll with it. See what I did there? <laughs> I yeah? like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You rolled with that great. Nicely yeah, thank, done. Thank. You rock. Ah, oh, <laughs> with the humor. Uh, I'll pay you later. All right. <laughs> so today we're covering season two, episode 14, Leslie's House, which originally aired on January 21st of 2010. Did you know that, Mark? I, I did not know that specific date, but that sounds about right. There you go. That was a there great day in general. It, it was. I remember that day. This episode was written by Dan Gore, our buddy who also created Brooklyn Nine-Nine and yep. is, has written about 10 of the Parks and Rec's episodes. Easy for me <clears> to say. <throat> um, I think actually at this point, this is probably his third episode of the 10 or so he's going to do. He also had done Hunting Trip, which we just covered a few episodes back. I and love then that one. Yeah, that was a great one. And then before that, The Reporter. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Dan, Dan got his start, I think, as you probably remember, on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, The Daily Show, just, you know, as a staff writer on both those. So funny, funny guy. And this episode was directed by Alex Hardcastle, uh, director, producer. Um, Alex has already has, has done a couple of uh, Parks and Recs at this point. He did this one and Practice Date. Actually, I think these are the only two he ever did, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But also directing long, long list of directing credits, including New Girl, Grace and Frankie and the Mindy Project, which, you know, somewhat tangentially related here. But uh, yeah, so a couple of good creators here. Very brief side note, Alan, I do have to say I have been dipping into the Brooklyn Nine-Nine pool. I know I, uh -oh. I said at one point I was not being a good steward of comedy yeah. by not yeah. watching it. That is a funny, funny show. So so where are you in your your B-99 arc? I call oh. well, all of us call all of us fans call it that. I didn't know if you knew that. I, I, I know you, me, you, you elite there. Um, uh, see, <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> the common man. They, 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 they appreciate me, Alan. I, I bring it down to the street level for him. Um, <laughs> um, no, I'm still in season one. Uh, I don't have a lot of spare time, but I, I'm probably about five, six episodes in funny okay. stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And it just gets better and better. A lot like parks and recreation. Yup. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good cover of our introduction. Mark, would you like to walk us through our synopsises? I know you're going to have, what, 12 or 13 like normal today? Yeah. I, you know, Alan, I, I came at this uh, like a like a bull charging. I really wanted to break it down into 12 or 13. I mean, after all, if you look at the past two episodes that we've had, they yeah. have an average of four synopsises, four stories each. So yeah. I came at this going, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hit me. Yeah. Uh, cut me, Bick. And then <laughs> what I saw was. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, I, I think this is one uh, continuous story. So, you know, my rubric, Alan, is I would I would make something a separate story if you could completely take it out of the action yeah. and have everything else flow continuously. Sure. I couldn't do that, even though there were like little teeny tiny kind of subplots. They were all part of the same thing. So I had yeah. one story. Yeah, me too. An A story. And that's yep. it. It's been a while. In fact, I, I'd have to go literally look and see 
if there's even been another episode where there was a single storyline for the whole thing. I, I don't believe at this point in Parks and Recreation that there has been. I, you know what? I think there has been, but it was a very early episode or season one episode, maybe like a couple from season one. Okay. Well, we'll have maybe. Constantine look that up and determine that I was right and you were wrong next week. That That's possible. It, he yeah. usually determines that which whichever one of us gives him the most onions. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I had as my, um, my, I think I'm funny title. I blew it this week. This isn't really that funny. I called it uh, the A story, uh, blowing Indy out of the water. That's all I had. <clears throat> I know. I know. <laughs> I, 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 it's not not funny. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to run with that as the best compliment <laughs> I can get at this point. Okay. No, that's fine. So <laughs> here's what I had is the, the single synopsis. Oh my gosh. What's the singular of that synopsis? Oh, it's just synopsis. It's okay. just synopsis. Yeah. Oh crazy? my gosh. Okay. English is funny. Language is funny. All right. So I have it as uh, having been on several great dates with Justin. Leslie wants to plan their best date ever for when he next comes to Pawnee. And it becomes quickly obvious in many ways. Like she lives like a hoarder. She doesn't know what five course meal to even cook, blah, blah, blah. She's bitten off more than she can chew. And so in desperation, she uh, reaches out to her friends for help. And then she eventually reaches out to the Pawnee Rec Center teachers. However, the teachers who days ago had been told the reduced city budget would force five classes to close interpret this as Leslie soliciting a bribe from them in the form of free services. You, know, you combine this with potential awkwardness like Andy, Mark, uh, Mark, Justin, uh, Tom, Wendy, uh, borderline gluttony or Ron bringing his own tray of food to the dinner party, which he doesn't want to share. Uh, underage drinking, uh, April and, and her thruple friends, uh, very hot peppers. Just wait and see. Uh, Alan, this party could be a royal gala or a powder keg. Which way will it lean? What will happen? Stay tuned, loyal podcast viewers. The answers will be revealed wow very nice very dramatic i i you really are rolling with it today yeah i'm, I'm working on that i have my theater class very good yeah <laughs> well nicely done <laughs> well I, I think at this point we should move into our akas yes sir yes sir all right who, i mean who you, you clearly didn't first? use all your energy on that first uh you know a story name so you're oh my gosh something left over for today that's right that was just a warm-up for someone of my epic uh skills so you know, what i have here is uh i had three uh because you always make me nervous alan because in the past you've you've outshone me so badly i thought i have to make a good showing here so i actually had three and you know it's interesting it's it's not too uncommon for me to make a lot of them from my my man crush, Ron. Yeah. All three of these are actually from Tom. Really? Which I which I thought was kind of or Tom related. I'll say it like that. Um, so the, the first one, third place is when he's trying to get the perfect handshake for Justin. He's excited about uh, this ah, upcoming yes. uh, dinner party there. And. He he tells April like he's got to shake his hand because he got to make sure he gives him the perfect handshake. And part of it is he's been exfoliating his hand, blah, blah, blah. And when when April tells him that his hand, he may have gone too far. It feels maybe a little bit like raw chicken. He <laughs> says, uh, well, it looks like I'm going to have to refoliate them. <laughs> and that that just made me LOL so sharply. Uh, my wife actually thought something was wrong with me. Uh, 
<laughs> I wonder what that would even look like refoliating. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Duct tape glue. Um, <laughs> did you ever put like Elmer's glue on your hand when you were a kid and then peel it off and you would have like a perfect palm print? Well, yeah, that's how in a Mission Impossible, they take fingerprints and there get into secret labs. I think that's refoliating. Mm, that's a great point. I never made the connection. <laughs> You're smart. All right. In second place, um, this is when uh, uh, Leslie is actually apologizing to Tom for, uh, you know, do, doing stuff for for Justin, even though Tom didn't like what the thing is that she did. And so she basically says, you know, I'm sorry, Tom, you know, I, 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 I put my romance in front of our friendship, blah, blah, blah. I put a big white stallion in front of a little brown pony, <laughs> which was a little, <laughs> little uncalled for. Yeah, um, a good one. And then my my first place one <clears throat> is when. Uh, well, so the thing I was referring to is Leslie ended up inviting Wendy to the dinner party. I guess I should I can spoil that. Yeah. So in the next one, Ron, uh, uh, Tom is very concerned because he knows Ron's going to be there and, and he's telling Leslie he's he's alarmed at this. He said, quote, He's going to wrap her up in his mustache and take her home. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, that's my number one pick. How about that's you? Excellent. Well, Mark, you know, I, I, I don't want to be outdone by you. So I, I clearly had to do more than three. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Yeah. yeah. So the, the first one is a Leslie line. And, you know, it, it literally could have been the episode title. If NBC had been paying attention and while it's not hysterically funny, it really does re represent this whole episode very well. So, um, you know, Justin finally gets to the party at one point we'll talk about later. And, and she says, welcome to my very interesting party. So that was <laughs> a.k.a. number one. Nice. Yeah. Which that'd be fun to talk about. Um, there's a point where uh, I think two of my lines are actually Andy lines. Um, mm. One of them, <laughs> Andy, it will find uh, is not a fan of Justin's and uh, no. he, he didn't love his braggy ways. <laughs> and he's talking about his awesome coat and tells, <laughs> I think he tells April, yeah, he got it in Cambodia when he was hiking Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So Andy may need a geography lesson, I think, is what we learned there. He maybe didn't excel at geography. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, my second Andy line was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, April does something at the party and uh, which we won't spoil. But later at the shoeshine stand, when she comes up to him, he says, we're closed due to betrayment. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've seen stores closed due to betrayment before. It's it's, it's awful. Uh, ugly. It's yeah. ugly. Yeah. I mean, mm. the economic impact of betrayment, it's mm. devastating. And yeah. then the, my last AKA is very, I, I got nervous when you were doing yours because your one of yours was a Leslie one where you mm. said, I, I put a, a big white stallion in front of a little brown pony. Right. I almost chose that. I got, Ooh. I chose the other one. Oh. She says right before it, <laughs> which was, I put a beautiful man in front of an adorable man child. Nice. So, yeah. So those are my AKAs. Very well done. I like them. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Not too bad. So, all right. Well, you know what, Mark, we should move into our episode breakdown. Yes. That makes perfect sense. All, all right. right. Well, let's do that. <clears throat> so I think this cold open is a, a lot like, I think we've had a run of these cold opens where they've been plot relevant. Yes, yes. Um, we we open here at the um, 
William Percy Recreation Center in Pawnee and Uncle and Bill. Leslie, yeah. Uh, Uncle Bill. Yeah. Uh, is Uncle Bill. Huh. Um, and so Leslie's talking to an assembled group of adults that teach the classes there. And she breaks some bad news that the budget's been slashed by $1,000. And so therefore, five classes are going to have to get shut down and they're going to, you know, ostensibly select them by attendance and student evaluations and that sort of thing. The teachers are kind of rattled by this. Um, that's kind of all that happened in the cold open. Um, I'm going to correct you on one thing, and I oh, wouldn't yeah? normally do this, but it, it is kind of important, this number, and we'll get to semi-important later why, but um, it was $1,000 cut from the budget, not 5000 Did I did I say 5000 I think you did. Oh, my fault. I think I, I have in my notes $1,000 in five classes. Five. And that was it. I just, yeah. I like to multiply when it's not called for. So yeah, good. if I said that, my good bad, on good you. call. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, way to roll with that. <laughs> you rock. <laughs> God. <laughs> this we're is so where hip. everyone's going to turn off this week. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. We're cool. The kids like us. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. From the cold open, we find ourselves in, I believe, a Moroccan restaurant in Indianapolis, where it's apparently it's apparent pretty quickly that Justin and Leslie have been on a series of dates over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they've had a few dates and, and already uh, Leslie is, is seems like she's quite taken with Justin. You know, by all accounts, he seems like an interesting, smart, nice guy. You know, they have a. They're, like you said, they're on their current date at an Indianapolis Moroccan restaurant. They have a quick flashback to their prior date at the Indianapolis Aquarium, which also went very well. Um, <clears throat> at one point, the waiter in this Moroccan restaurant gushes <laughs> over Justin because he worked as a pro bono case, uh, allowing him and his family to stay in the country. Yeah, an immigration um, case. Yeah. Very impressive, you know. Uh, so at the end of it, you know, things are going very well. Justin is walking Leslie back to her car. Justin mentions uh, he'll be in Pawnee on, on Tuesday. And Leslie goes, oh, well, if you're going to be in Pawnee, I'll plan our evening this time. And and you know what, Justin, our date in Pawnee is going to blow Indianapolis out of the water, which is kind of where I got my title for the, yep. the, the A story. So, yep. yeah. And there therein lies the mistake <clears throat> that Leslie makes and yep. really the impetus for the entire rest of the episode. That is correct. She may have bitten off more than she can chew there. I, I think so. I think she's uh, introducing a new trope uh, about herself here. So, yep. you know, Mark, it's interesting to me. Two things before we move on. So one, Indianapolis does not have an aquarium. Um, we do have a really nice zoo with a really nice uh, dolphin, uh, you know, tank and other uh, fish related tanks, uh, none of them quite to the level of an aquarium, but it was neat to see. I, it makes me want the Indianapolis Zoo to go build a nice aquarium. So I'm going to see if I completely do that. agree. Yep. Yeah. Let's see if we can make that happen. And the other thing was, too, that we actually have an excellent Moroccan restaurant downtown called um, Saffron Cafe. And mm, uh, it just made there. me think of that and, and really miss being at restaurants. So looking forward yep. to getting back out to restaurants. Nice. Yeah. Well, from here we move on. And I think, you know, the, the date has concluded in Indianapolis. We it's the next day or so back at work. And I think this is the point where Leslie has realized that she might have overcommitted herself a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Leslie's talking with her BFF Anne, and they're trying to think of ideas for uh, her and Justin's next date there in in, uh, in Pawnee. Um Leslie misinterprets an idea by Anne, or maybe just runs with it, uh, to just to have him over She's to her place. With it. 
Yeah, she rocks. Uh, just to have him over to her place and just cook some dinner, you know? And, and Leslie kind of takes that and says, hey, yeah, I'll have a big dinner party with everybody I've ever met. <laughs> and and then everybody's going to come over and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be like a circus. And, you know, so that that's interesting. Um, <laughs> there, I, I love the scene here, by the way, where, you know, it, Leslie's telling Anne, well, you know, our lunches are like think tanks. <laughs> and then then she just rattles off almost like she's hopped up on caffeine. I want you to come over to my house at two o'clock and help me get ready and make sure that Mark's coming. So much work to do. You're my best friend. Now get out of here. <laughs> and just kind of looks up like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? She created um, a monster. And then I, I think at this point, you know, still at City Hall now with the seed in her brain that she's going to have this dinner party, she starts to uh, go around to various people and invite them. So, yeah, I think her first stop on the invitation tour, so to speak, is uh, Ron's office. And she uh, she she talks with Ron about uh, whether or not, you know, he can come. Oh, yeah. I remember this scene. You know what, Mark? You want to play this uh, clip? Yes. Yes. This would be awesome. Please do. All right. Let's do that. How many courses will there be? Three. Mm. Four. Mm. Not including dessert. <laughs> so five courses. Yes. Now it will be five courses. <laughs> If I wanted to bring a large number of deviled eggs, but I didn't want to share them with anyone else, can you guarantee fridge space? <laughs> Just be there at eight. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that was like two quick LOL moments. I just love. I mean, not only his, he's like, he gives her a warning. <laughs> no, you need to make it higher. And then that is such a Ron thing. Yeah. I have deviled eggs. But I do not want to share them with anybody. <laughs> Been there, done number. that. A yeah. large and undisclosed number, you know, apropos yeah. of Ron, he's not going to tell you how many just in case. <laughs> he didn't want you to have too much information about him. No, that's a great clip, though. Um, so next on the invitation tour is uh, Tom. And, you know, Leslie and Tom share an office. And so Leslie is talking to him about it in their shared office. And he is. Uh, let's say he's disproportionately. Actually, you're excited. wrong again. I'm going to keep correcting you all day long. He, I, they're in the conference room and Leslie are. has, yep. And Leslie has all these magazines spread out. And I think she's looking for inspiration when Tom happens to walk in. Is that right? See, you're yeah. probably right. I, yeah, I yeah. think I, I had assumed cause they share an office that was just in their shared office. So now the only reason I knew was you could see the ducks in the background. Hmm. Stupid ducks. All right. So, 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 so they're, they're in a conference room apparently because it's important. Um, and although they do share an office, they're just not in it right now. So, yeah. So Tom is disproportionately uh, excited about Justin being there. Maybe that's safe to say. Um, now, I think Leslie, he also has a man crush. You know what that's he, like. He really, I certainly do. Um, mm. Anyway, so Leslie uh, is thinks, you know, he's excited about Tom. Because uh, he, Alan, is her most exotic friend, being from South Carolina. <laughs> um, and and uh, Tom has there's a very, very, very quick PBJ moment, a punching bag, Jerry, where, yeah. you know, Tom goes, you know, yes, I'm going to come. Of course, I want to be there for Justin. Just don't invite Jerry. And Jerry, of course, pops his head in. Hey, guys, what you talking about? And they're like, go away, Jerry. And then finally, in the invitation tour, we kind of uh, end this particular part of it uh, with her stopping by the shoe shine stand. Yeah. And she invites Andy uh, kind of to as a server. And he's like, I'll, I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour, uh, which he just loves. He's like, oh, my gosh, you're like my guardian angel, you know, so which is sweet. Um, Andy apparently was 
when Leslie walked up was practicing uh, polishing shoes by, of all things, <laughs> applying shoe polish to the chair that his customers sit in, <laughs> which his regular uh, Kyle uh, ended up sitting in at the end of the scene, which is kind of funny. Um, Andy is definitely excited about being there for Leslie and getting paid. Of course, he's not looking forward to being around Mark and especially not to being around uh, Justin. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Andy. Andy has uh, adverse reaction to Justin. That's <clears throat> that's pretty clear. <laughs> I love. Uh, he has that little talking head right as Leslie goes away and says, "Hey, it's me, Justin. Take my coat, uh, but please be careful. I got it from the King of Africa when we were walking the Berlin Wall together." <laughs> Which again, I think I think Andy's geography eh, maybe not his strongest suit. I tell you what. I'd kind of like to live in Andy's world. Like everything too. is just mishmashed together. I also like the way that he ended that talking. Oh, head too. Yeah. He's like, you know, yeah. like he's trying to come back like, you know, oh, Justin, you really, Justin, you think you're so cool. What instruments do you play? And then there's a little bit of an awkward pause. And then he's yeah. kind of scratches the back of his neck. Actually, he's a pretty sick keyboardist. So, geez, <laughs> of course Justin, he is. Justin does it all. What can't this guy do? I My know. gosh. Mm. Yeah, well. Dated woman more than three times in a row. I think we'll find out. But anyway, I don't want to spoil anything. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, from here, I think we uh, actually we we're going to arrive at Leslie's house, um, which is pretty interesting because this is the first time we're ever going to see Leslie's house as she's starting to prepare for this dinner party. And we find out pretty quickly this is also the first time Anne has been at Leslie's house. Yes, not the first time everyone, which we'll save for later, but but, <laughs> right. the, but the first time that Anne has been to Leslie's house for sure. And uh, they even make a reference to that. I think, I go, oh my gosh, Anne, you're my best friend. I can't believe this is the first time I've had you over to my house. And then she walks in and apparently once you're inside, the house is actually very cute from the outside. Well, it's a but, beautiful craftsman style house, which I, I'm, you know, again, I, I don't think we have those here in Indiana. I've seen a few in Chicago. Oh, we do. I'm, I'm, I'm a housing enthusiast. Yeah, we do. Fair enough. But uh, that's a really, really nice house for Pawnee, Indiana. That's all I was going to wind up saying here. Oh, yeah. It's a very craftsman-y. It is. I mean, yeah. that's that's a $3 million house. That it's a... In the right wow. locale. Yeah. There it's like 50 thou. But but yeah, huh. you know, in, in a big city. I'm moving city to Pawnee. Like, <laughs> no, the Just for the houses. Are fantastic, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but apparently, as cute as this craftsman style house is, all the in at the outside, Alan. If you get oh, inside, you see that Leslie apparently lives like a, as the kids say, Alan. <laughs> she is a low key. She's a hoarder. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, she's fair like to say a low grade hoarder. There, she keeps everything from newspapers to birdhouses, blah blah blah. So uh, Leslie doesn't immediately see the issue, but Anne. Absolutely does and and convinces her that she this isn't just something that, you know, oh Andy's going to come by and help us like, no, you need a team of professionals to get your house ready in time. Well, Mark, you know what I really like there in Leslie's house, like you said, all the newspapers and everything else. There's a newspaper Anne finds from 1986 uh, and Leslie immediately even knows what it's about. She's like, oh, yeah. The, the rumbling, the first rumblings of her Anne Contra. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah. She's a hoarder, but I think she everything in there has some sort of meaning or purpose to her, which, you know, is exactly what a crazy person would do. Exactly. Yeah. It makes perfect sense that she has two birdhouses because, duh, <laughs> what if two birds come along at the same right. time? I yeah. mean, you got to be prepared for this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to throw a bird out? I don't think so. I love Anne's line. She says, Leslie, don't take this the wrong way, but your house is like a crazy person's garage. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. And Ellen, I think this is where she gets the idea to uh, call one of the rec center teachers for help. Ah. Uh, and, and specifically, she calls him Maria Portalsman from Organize Your Life with Maria Portalsman. Nice title. Yep. Well, from there, I think before we see that what's going to result from that conversation, we're going to bounce back to parks uh, to the parks office for a minute. And we're inside Leslie and Tom's office. And Tom wants to make a good impression on Justin. Yeah, yeah. This is a very, very short scene. I think I already mentioned this as one of my AKAs. Basically, Tom is just trying to get the perfect handshape, the right grip, the right feel. So he has exfoliated his hand, uh, <laughs> probably just short of giving it an acid dip. I'm guessing. Um, and he calls April over as to do a test run and says, I'm, I'm going to shake your hand because I've got to make sure this is fine. She gets creeped the heck out because his his hand apparently feels like raw chicken at this That's point. So and uh, so, you know, his his comment, this is what my AKA and a big LOL moment. Like, it's like, damn it, I'm going to have to refoliate them, which I still can't wrap my head around. But whatever. What are you going to do? I, I love in this scene his justification for why he has this man crush on Justin because he's so hip and Pawnee is the opposite of hip and people in this town are just now getting into Nirvana. And then this awesome line where he says, I don't have the heart to tell them what's going to happen to Kurt Cobain in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not prepared for that. No, no. They'll take it badly. I'm nearly mm. certain. Poor uh, Yeah. Mm. Well, from here, we're back at Leslie's house. And I, I think Leslie has <clears throat> not only gotten a, a hold of Maria Portalsman, but she's here at Leslie's house uh, attempting to help Leslie save the day. That is true, Alan. So we, like you said, Maria Portalsman from Organize Your Life with Maria Portalsman has arrived at Leslie's house. I have to add, played by the great Bonita uh, Friederici, which I know and many others may know from General Diane Beckman from Chuck. Oh, good call out. So, love I, that. And I knew I knew her. I had not gone and tried to figure out how or why. I just put that little flag, that little pin in it. Good callback. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, so long story short, Maria Portalsman uh, <laughs> thinks that it's going to be a lot of work, but it's doable. And Leslie's like, that's great. You know, how much is it going to cost? And Maria instead uh, just winks and says, you know, uh, nothing but wink, wink, keep my class in mind, which is not, I think, what Leslie intended. So no. it's kind of this awkward and she's trying to tell her, <clears throat> like, no, that's not the way things are going to go. But, you know. She insists on winking, damn it. Um, it's like <laughs> General Beckman, no, don't do that. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I, I think there's a, just a real quick scene here where after that, Anne asks Leslie what she's cooking. Like, I'm five courses of what? Huh? Of what? Oh, God. <laughs> so she doesn't know <laughs> what she's going to do. She just knows. Thank you, Ron. She's cooking five courses of something. And so she once again panics and once again for the second time, turns into a teacher, turn, not turns into, <laughs> turns, to, turns into a teacher. It's transmogrification is fantastic. No, this isn't Harry Potter, um, which I have never watched. Um, and she turns, she, she turns to a teacher for the second time from the rec center, this time a chef named Tanya, who also thinks that Leslie is trying to solicit a bribe from her. Yeah, she sure does. Yikes. You know, I, and I think every time Leslie does pulls, plays this card, she's probably certain that this is the last time she'll do it. Right. And, right. And, and with every single one of them, she lays down the law and says, you know, look, you're I'm not going to help you. You're just here. I'm going to pay you. Look, any addict will tell you they can quit anytime <laughs> they want. That's, That's absolutely right. right. Yep. 
Well, you know, this this is like really one big giant scene at Leslie's house pretty much for the rest of the episode. But, you know, I, I think what happens next is that, you know, setup is continuing. We're still maybe a couple hours from the event itself. Um, you know, Andy and uh, Leslie's checking in with Andy about the situation. Yeah, we, we see Andy is uh, kind of dressed up. You know, he's got a, a, a white collar button up shirt on, you know, and not his typical flannel and he's setting the table and Leslie kind of checks it in with, with him and says, you know, Justin and Mark, I know you, you know, you're not their biggest fan. You can be okay tonight. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Look, I look, uh, Leslie, I'm going to be fine. I promise I'm not going to spit in anybody's food unless <laughs> they should request that I do, you know, very professional. Um, what and more then, could you ask of a server? <clears throat> not much. That That's the, that's a big thing there. Uh, and then uh, doorbell rings, Mark arrives and he, uh, there's an awkward moment there where he makes a comment about, wow, last time I was here, it's, you know, it's not nearly this clean. <laughs> and Anne's like, when were you here? Oh, and then they, they were going to let the moment drop. And then oh, Andy, yeah. and, <laughs> what, when, when was Mark here? Oh yeah. Mm, sex. <laughs> so, you know, he's not real tactful. Um, and then I think shortly after that, Ron also arrives and Andy takes his code and uh, Ron gives Leslie his prized tray of deviled eggs. And um, he starts gossiping with Mark and Leslie shuts them down. Like, look, like you, you can't waste uh, all your stores, save all your interesting stuff until Justin gets here. And then she starts to walk off with the deviled eggs. And I think Mark's trying to sneak in, you know, a little bit of stuff on the side. And then she comes back. And goes, oh, my God. What part of not talking do you not understand? Please have a good time and shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, Mark has a talking head in here that I think really does a good job of summarizing what is particularly annoying for most people, not just Andy, but most people about Justin. <laughs> he goes, I can't wait to talk to Justin again. Last time he told me about how he snorkeled with whale sharks in Madagascar. And then he pauses and goes, that was after I told him some that sometimes I go swimming at the Y. <laughs> so yeah. Justin is clearly a one upper, which we oh all love. Gosh. I mean, who yeah. doesn't love a one upper? Yeah, well, that's and that's not just one upping. That's, that's like 12 like up doubling down and then nuking. And then I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, from here, I think the doorbell rings again and Leslie panics because she she thinks Justin is arriving and she's right. And she just she's so worried about everyone impressing Justin. <laughs> yeah, the, the seed starts uh, with a great moment where, you know, you hear the like low murmur of background talk and the doorbell rings and Leslie comes storming through like a, like a madhouse and says, she's yelling, all right, everybody start talking, which, of course, makes everybody go silent. Of course. And so she answers the door. Uh, you know, she's she's excited, but she's nerve wracked. Like you said, uh, Justin pleasantly. Justin comes in, pleasantly greets everyone. Uh, Andy stiffly takes his coat. He's not real pleased uh, and goes into the bedroom with it. Um, and there's not a lot that happens with Justin here other than just kind of acclimating him to the group, uh, really. Um, Andy goes back into the back bedroom with Justin's coat Um Clearly not too happy that Justin's there and April follows and suggests putting gum, uh, chewed up gum in, in Justin's coat pockets. And there's a little bit of a sweet moment here where Andy says, you know, I it sounds awesome, but I can't do that. I have Leslie's been awesome and I can't do this to, you know, her boyfriend. And 
April says, I, well, I can. <laughs> like, <laughs> once you leave the room, like that's he nods his head. That's awful. Don't do that. Nods his head enthusiastically. Wink, wink. wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Well, from here, we're back out in the living room and Justin and Tom are hanging out near the fireplace. And, uh, you know, Justin is about to tell Tom all about India, which is terrific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom is pretending to be from India because he wants to see more interesting, like you said. And when asked deeper questions about uh, India by a very interested Justin, uh, Tom excuses himself to the loo, you know, as those bastard British imperialists would say. Uh, but he actually goes into the back bedroom, apparently, to bone up on India facts because he doesn't. I think last time he was there, he just stayed inside and played video games. <laughs> he doesn't know anything about <laughs> India. Um, Thank God Leslie's laptop didn't have a password. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no kidding. We also see Ron uh, then shortly after that telling Leslie that he's drinking an old fashioned and he's yeah. like, this is the best one I've ever had. The, the bartender's amazing, you know, and then the bartender who is nearby, cl um, clearly another rec center teacher uh, um, offers this is our third by this point. Mm -hmm. Look, mm. she can stop at any point. She's not of an course. addict. Um, and the bartender offers to teach Ron the secret only to be shh. shh like shushed by Leslie, like Sh shut up, shut up. Um, and then there's, there's this quick little moment. I absolutely love here. This made me laugh out loud. It's like five seconds. It, Leslie's kind of frazzled at this point and walks up to Leslie says, Hey, Leslie, <laughs> Leslie turns to Anne. Anne's right in front of her. And Leslie says, Anne, get over here. <laughs> and Anne's like, I'm here already. I don't know why that made me laugh so loud. Um, Le she, Leslie's in very intense right now. <laughs> Leslie's she wants Justin to have a good time so badly. And yes. Anne points out, look, you calm down. Justin's over there talking very happily with Mark. Uh, and they, they Leslie and Anne both join them <laughs> mid conversation. And, um, you know, Mark is in the middle of telling Justin, uh, Pretty interesting and harrowing story about yeah. his face being uh, burned by chemical flames. And he has to dunk his face in a bucket of sand. It's in uh, Justin's kind of impressed, you know, and uh, <laughs> we then have a talking head immediately after that, where Mark tells uh, the camera, uh, this didn't happen to me. This is <laughs> this is a kid that I knew from camp. But look, a great story is a great story. Plus, <laughs> plus. <laughs> Plus, the kid can't tell it is mouth melted. <laughs> this is this is a very rare oh, animal gosh. in the wild, Alan. This is the rare Mark LOL moment. This I laughed yeah. out loud at that. Yeah. Well, and who can blame him? I mean, you know, everyone's <clears throat> feeling a little bit of pressure, you know, to impress Justin, obviously. And, and Mark has gone as far as stealing a story from a kid who's mouth melted. So. <laughs> what do yeah, you he, do? he stole the story from Melty Mouth. But but look, a good hey, story is a good story. That's right. Who can you blame want... him? And I bet half of Justin's stories aren't Justin's stories. <laughs> that's my guess. That could be. Well, from here, I think dinner is actually finally about to be served. But once more, the doorbell rings. Ding dong. Yeah, we, we see a, a latecomers, uh, Derek, Ben. So the thruple is now fleshed out. Yeah. And. Wendy. Yeah. That's that's weird. And Tom is not Did happy they carpool? about. <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I think they just happened to arrive at the same time. That's weird. Um, 
I do have some, make a very quick note. Uh, you know, Leslie announces dinner is served uh, around this time. And you see Ron sitting down in a chair, having devoured nearly his entire tray of deviled eggs. And yet when Leslie says dinner is served, he gets up <laughs> so excited and oh, yeah. runs <laughs> to, to the dinner table. He is so excited. He's starving. About Oh I mean, my he's gosh. only eaten 12 eggs, so he clearly still has a full on <laughs> appetite ready to go. And you know, Mark, so, uh, there's a deleted scene here, and I don't know if you caught this in the deleted scenes, but it explains why Wendy and uh, the, the two thirds of the thruple have all arrived late. And it actually turns out that Leslie did this on purpose. She told everyone else eight o'clock, but she told them 830. <laughs> because she wanted to make sure that something interesting would continue to happen throughout all the arrivals. So yeah, clever Leslie. When you have her, the, the deep bench of interesting people like she does, you want to yeah. stagger them into the yeah. evening, not all at once. That's right. What is she, a rookie? So at, they're at the they're at the uh, the dinner table. They're all seated. And I found it interesting that Ron happens to be seated next to Wendy. Yeah. Um, and. and Ron picks up a hot pepper and eats it, which, you know, Wendy is apparently impressed with so whatever. Um, Tom is now is like is game on. So yeah. <laughs> Tom reaches over, takes an even bigger, hotter pepper. Well, yeah, puts it in his, Ron just ate a small one. So Tom's going to outdo him. This is how you eat it. And so he uh, he shoves this thing in his mouth. <laughs> pause, curses, stands up, run <laughs> runs out of the room <laughs> that uh, didn't go well it did not and, and it's a such a funny visual scene too because you can tell that tom knows he's made a horrible horrible mistake within about i don't know 1.4 seconds i know exactly how he feels <laughs> yeah you know if we could just play videos mark i would play a video of some guy i know named mark who had a who participated in a hot pepper eating contest? And let's just say it didn't go so well. What an idiot. There may have been hospitals involved. I don't know. I it, it, We'll have to look that guy. Hmm. Look, I think the stain on the carpet is still there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sad part is uh, loyal uh, podcast viewers. Uh, that's actually a true story. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so at this point, um, Leslie is searching for an interesting discussion topic. She is, she, she, as, as always, she's worried Justin is bored. She wants him to have a good time and she's searching around. She can't seem to find one. You know, she's like, hey, let's talk about the thruple. That's weird. You're, you know, that's interesting. And they're like, well, we're a thruple and we're kind of done with that. Like, oh, oh, oh. So. Like, uh, well, she literally lays it out there, you know, and tells everyone that Ben and gay, Ben and Derek are gay, but often on occasion, April will have relations with Derek. And she's like, right, discuss that. And April's like, well, that's pretty much it. There's not much more to discuss. Yeah. Well, who else is gay? Let's talk about that. Let's just yeah. broaden the horizon. Like, OK, <laughs> not going well. Who else is gay reminded me of a line from Dr. Horrible's sing along blog. There's a line about who else is gay. I mean, it just it just totally took me back. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So anyway. Next up, who's gay? That's right. There you go. I remember that. Uh, yeah, I love very that. Nice. Good callback. Well, I think despite all of Leslie's efforts, she actually looks over at Justin, who is actually yawning mm. and immediately goes into a panic. Right. Yet again, um, she she gets up and, you know, goes to find her hip friend, Tom, 
who has helped several people like Anne before in the past with the coolness factor. So I think he's not a bad resource to go to. But she finds him in a fetal position on the <laughs> on the bed in the back bedroom with a coat in his mouth. And, and I love this. Like she she's telling him, you have to help me. You have to help me. He might be bored. He might be bored. You have to help me. And he's just like sitting there looking straight ahead not moving the coats in his mouth. He's not yeah. saying anything. And she finally says, will you focus takes the coat out of his mouth for a microsecond and you hear him go, ah! <laughs> 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 she shoves the coat back in his mouth. Oh my gosh. That was so funny. He um, needs a glass of milk. He certainly does. Um, and then I, I, we see then from there, she realized, okay, I'm really desperate. Yeah. You know, Alan, she's an addict and she can quit anytime she wants to, but we see yeah. a spy shot uh, yeah. showing her calling. She's going to do it again. Yeah. Yet another rec center teacher from, you know, back room. Um, so I, I think then we kind of go forward a little bit to where both Tom and Leslie have rejoined the group. And uh, they're kind of, you know, saying, hey, Tom, you OK, little buddy? And Justin is starting to tell his own hot food story oh, of God. some sort when bing bong, the doorbell rings. That's a weird. And it's Alan. You wouldn't believe this out of nowhere. It's a belly dancer. Huh. Wow. How That's crazy weird. is that? <clears throat> and Le Leslie has this great talking head, which is not only great in its own right, but it's kind of a, a, a voiceover. As we see now, I think it would be safe to say this, a parade of <laughs> of, uh, of rec center teachers also uh, enter in. So like we see um, so, so so the talking head and she's trying to play it off like it's it's just, you know, a happenstance. She goes, that's weird. She just showed up. I'm not the type of person that's going to throw someone out or not let them in if they randomly uh, show up. I don't know how they all got here. You know, you hear people hear about a killer party at Nope's house. They all call running. Uh, so, OK, <laughs> and you see during this talking head, we see <clears throat> a fencer yep. who is fencing with Mark and apparently stabs him. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we see also a, a caricature artist who does a great, great oh, yeah. mustache riddled picture of a grumpy or I guess normal faced Ron. Um, and then I think there's an implication also maybe that there's an origami uh, yes. teacher that showed up as well. And then yeah, at least three more. It's the, actually the second time we've seen the the fencing teacher. He was in the opening scene where uh, Leslie's announcing, you know, that they're going to have to cut five classes because they've lost a thousand dollars of budget money. And I just happened to notice him because he has literally has socks on that say fencing. <laughs> so, oh man, good catch! Yeah, so pretty, pretty, pretty small detail there, but kind of funny. And then you know, one of the deleted scenes later that we have is uh, uh, we'll get to, but um, the the caricature artist plays a part in that, which is pretty funny as well. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Apparently, she did a few other caricatures, which are kind yeah. of interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, from here, you know, I, I think we see Andy with April and Ben and Derek, and you know, he's trying to to get everyone to agree how awful Justin is. Yeah, you know, Andy is definitely not Justin's biggest fan, Alan. And so, um, you know, Derek and Ben are clearly taken with him. You know, I mean, they would break up with each other for him and the other would understand. Absolutely. Um, and they're trying to encourage April, like, right, April, right? Isn't he great? Right. And Andy's like, yeah, isn't he great, April? We love him. And so I think April is maybe a little conflicted, but I, it, it apparently she, she wants to say no. She, 
Right. But she reluctantly ends up going, yeah, he's kind of awesome. And <laughs> Andy takes her wine away. He's clearly upset. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. you're underage. I don't want you to lose my liquor license. And so that's <laughs> that's kind of awkward there. I, I'm betting Vegas money that Andy doesn't <clears throat> actually have a liquor license. But, you know, just saying. <laughs> you're, you're probably right. <laughs> um, and at this point, we come back from the the back room there with with uh, Andy and the thruple and Leslie's sitting on the couch with Justin. Just check in with him, see how he's doing. And uh, the doorbell unexpectedly rings again. Yeah, I don't and think it, Leslie's it, expecting it this time. Finally, No, I don't think so. And, and it reveals yet another rec center teacher um, who uh, I believe his name's Barney, uh, who blatantly says, you know, uh, word is you're evaluating the teachers. I demand to be evaluated. <laughs> so, uh oh, so now the jig is up, maybe um, because Ron gets kind of mad at this. And, oh, yeah. and this this embarrasses Leslie, you know, and so she's going to let him. I mean, what is she going to do? So she let like, OK, what's what do you what do you teach? So he starts his spiel, which apparently has to do with accounting and well, specifically QuickBooks Pro. This is fascinating, <laughs> Alan. The best of all the accounting packages. Oh, my gosh. No accounting for taste. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and Ron doesn't even make it like 30 seconds into this before standing up and saying, I'm heading home so as not to have to be here anymore. <laughs> and I think that this kind of, you know how it is in a party. This prompts others to say, yeah, I think we're going to take off too. Yeah. And so they all start getting ready. And, and Liz is like, no, 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 don't leave, don't leave. And she looks back at Justin. Eh, he's falling asleep on the couch. So uh, Leslie's crushed at this, I think. Well, Barney, too, who we actually know for later, if you know that this is that Barney that Ben will eventually meet and uh, try to hire on multiple occasions. Is that right? It is right. So. Oh, my uh, gosh, you're right. I yeah. know. Yeah. Easy to overlook here. But, you know, accounting, oh, QuickBooks cool. Pro, Barney. Yep. Same guy. Oh, my so. gosh. Same goofy Barney. OK, yeah. nice. And actually, when everyone starts to leave, he gets pretty offended. He says, you know, this demonstration takes another 45 minutes. Yeah, sit down. You're going to miss this. God help us. So, <laughs> you know, there's also another deleted scene here as well, Mark, where um, during Barney's presentation, yet another person arrives uh, from the rec center and demands uh, another audience. And it actually... <laughs> It turns out to be the one that Leslie talked to at the beginning when she's telling them, how, you know, one of them asks, well, how how, do you, how will you make a decision? And she said, well, you know, it'd be based on, you know, feedback. And, you know, so make sure all your people really enjoy your classes. And this guy st talks up and says, um, but I teach a class on dealing with terminal illness. <laughs> so <laughs> hope your attendance is good. Yeah. But. It's that guy. And so like Leslie's like, why are you here? Well, he happens to also teach magic, of course. So <laughs> that's an <laughs> right? obvious natural pairing. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Terminal illness and magic. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, from here, we've wrapped up the dinner party. It's the next day. We're back at the city hall. I feel like we're in uh, we're in the city manager's conference room again, where we've been for, for some other things, other events, just like the deposition that we uh, are finding ourselves in the middle of here for Leslie. That's right, Alan. Uh, Leslie, uh, we're at City Hall. Leslie is once again in front of her old friend, <clears throat> the disciplinary committee, which we have seen before in Boys Club. Boys Club, yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, I think Phil, the guy leading it, is the same guy who was leading it before. I believe you're um, right. 
I think his partner here might be different, but Phil's, I think, the same. So. Mm, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so we see witnesses being brought in to, to test uh, for testimony. Um, and first we see Tom, who is clearly still mad at Leslie for inviting Wendy. Um, so long story short, Leslie uses the fact that she is on the record to apologize to Tom. Um, which is kind of sweet. You know, she she starts it out. It starts well. She says, "I look, I put a new romance in front of an old friendship. I'm sorry. And Tom's like, all right. And then it starts our, our two AKAs. Like, I put, I put a beautiful man in front of an adorable man child. <laughs> You're ruining it. I put a big white stallion in front of a little brown pony. Totally uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big LOL moment. I love it. And, and then one of my favorite parts of the entire uh, episode uh, Ron is next <clears throat> and Ron in a brief talking head informs us um, when it comes to government hearings, the only type of witness I enjoy being is a hostile one. And that's why I intend to answer every one of their questions with a question. Oh, that's great. You know what, Mark? Let's play that clip. Oh, yeah, please do. Good idea. All right. When it comes to government hearings, the only type of witness I enjoy being is a hostile one. That's why I intend to answer every one of their questions with a question. Were you aware that all of the entertainment and food was provided by rec center teachers? Would I have stayed if I knew that? <laughs> no, would you have? Would you have? No, I wouldn't have. Did you hear Leslie make any promises? What constitutes a promise? Quid <laughs> pro quo? Oh, do you know Latin? Okay. Thank you, Ron. Are we done? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That's, are we done? <laughs> that That's the, the capper of the whole thing is, you know, and it doesn't come across in the audio, but he has this crap eating grin on his oh. face at the end. Oh, are we done? <laughs> it's just so funny. Phil knew what he was getting into when he knew Ron was going to be called as a witness. You know, he had to know. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. Following Ron's testimony, we jump really quick over to the shoeshine stand and April's approaching Andy and it seems like she wants to make some amends for last evening. <laughs> right. April uh, kind of hesitantly, shyly uh, walks up to Andy and it, it's clear Andy is still kind of mad at her for, you know, es essentially taking Justin's side. Betrayed. Uh, but also uh, <laughs> it, it, it's also clear that he forgives her once she dumps handfuls and handfuls of gum wrappers on the table, making it clear <laughs> that she did, in fact, fill Justin's coat pockets with chewed up gum. Or as Andy says, wow, unbetrayed, unbetrayed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like shun, unshun. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Well, from here, we bounce back to the conference room and we're resuming the trial of the century. And uh, Justin has just <laughs> been called as a witness. Yeah, I think I think uh, Justin is going to be the last witness that's that's called. Yeah. Um, and, and Phil, quite frankly, as we start this, doesn't understand why Leslie brought Justin in since he doesn't appear directly to have a tie into anything, at least not from a government perspective. Yeah, who, but, who is this guy? But who even is this guy? Who even is he, Alan? However, as with Tom, Leslie shrewdly takes advantage of having Justin under oath on the record to ask him, well, how did you really like the dinner party? And 
you know, Justin tells her I had an amazing time. Leslie's a little hesitant because like he, she says, well, you, you fell asleep and he is very embarrassed and admits that he'd been given a case the night before and he'd stayed up all night working on it. And yeah, he was tired, but he didn't want to cancel because he was looking forward to it just that much. Um, so that made Leslie happy. Um, and I, I think the, the scene ends with Justin leaving and the disciplinary committee breaks to make their decision. Yeah. And she's uh, she doubles down and says, so did you get that? He said, amazing and awesome. Yep, it's on the record. <laughs> it's on the record. Well, and that pairs well into the next scene where Anne and Leslie are having coffee and awaiting the judgment of the disciplinary committee. And, uh, you know, Anne's basically like, what's this all about? Yeah, she, Leslie seems relatively calm, considering how frantic she can get under certain circumstances. And Anne's kind of wondering what's what's up with that, because uh, she's like talking about, oh, yeah, this is going to be my next date with Justin. And she's like, what, what is happening here? Well, Phil comes in before the scene gets too far into it and, and tells Leslie, OK, we've reached our decision. Uh, we're not going to take any further action. Um, it, quote, really helped you out that you asked for this hearing yourself and that you made financial restitution out of your own pocket. And the camera kind of goes to Anne for a little bit and she's like, kind of like wondering like what is happening here um so leslie ends up explaining to ann that she felt bad which is true to form with leslie you know uh, she donated a thousand bucks to the rec center not five thousand as i previously said uh, she donated a thousand bucks so that everybody could continue teaching their classes Aww. and and ann goes i know in the suite and then ann said okay but so why did you even ask for the hearing and she said, are, are you kidding it? It's every girl's dream to ask a dude how their date went under penalty of perjury, which I got to <laughs> give her credit for. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some girls had the Barbie dream house. Um, Leslie had the Barbie deposition kit. Oh, that was a rare one. It got it got to hey. uh, oh. helped her to aim high. <laughs> sure did. Well, from here, I think all that's left is the kicker. And uh, we're back in Leslie and Tom's office and, uh, you know, in walks Justin and Tom is there uh, having a conversation with him. That's right. This is actually in uh, Tom's office, unlike the committee room or the conference room that I, I said before. Um, so Tom's in his office alone and Justin knocks on the door and greets Tom and tells him, look, it may be none of my business, but dude, you need to ask Wendy out for reals this time. And Tom immediately thinks, so maybe Leslie kind of told him what was going on. He's like, nope, I could tell. I could I could just sense it. And Tom just has the biggest grin on his face and said, <laughs> I, I, I'm not gay, but you're the most incredible man I've ever met. Justin says, that doesn't sound gay at all. And they bump, <laughs> then they bump fists. Uh, that's great. Well, and I, I love uh, Tom's nickname for Justin, J-Train. <laughs> Tommy have J train. You know, we really should be, we should be tracking these, these names. Cause it, it, you may have noticed this by now that even Ron and Tom have nicknames for each other frequently. Yeah. Tom all the time with people, Ron every yes. now and again. Yeah. yeah every now and true. again. So yeah. Mm -hmm. when, especially when Ron's in a good mood on a rare day. That's a good idea. Yeah. We should yeah. do that. We'll, we'll start uh, having Constantine write those down for us like everything <laughs> else. <laughs> Well, that's a great breakdown, Mark. I think uh, this is a good point for us to maybe take a real quick break. And then when we come back, we will talk about uh, our feelings about the episode and give it a quick score. And then everyone goes home. All right, man. It sounds like a plan. All right. We'll be right back. 
Has life worn you down to an empty husk of your former self? Has the last year or so left you with the realization that if you don't expand your horizon soon, you may self-implode like a giant neutron star? Do you enjoy learning new things, even if they're taught to you, by your lazy-eyed neighbor Phil from Four Houses Down? If so, then the William Percy Recreation Center may have just what you're looking for. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Until recently, I have had absolutely zero interest in promoting this specific institution, following a somewhat questionable first-hand experience with them a while back. However, they recently approached me about offering a woodworking-for-everyone class, and I can now say that I am happily on board. While my own personal class will clearly be the best choice for anyone, I am aware that working with one's hands to create beautifully crafted, handmade pieces of art may not be within your reach. If this describes you, I recommend you look at one of the many other classes offered by other, less impressive instructors who also teach here. Some of their more interesting offerings include, but are not limited to, the art of walking. Apparently, it's more than just putting one foot in front of the other. Very zen. Street Fighting Mathematics, Attack with Algebra, Garrot with Geometry, and Kill with Calculus. Taking the Perfect Selfie for those who have not yet learned how to be insufferably vain. The Philosophy of the Simpsons, yes, this is for real. Do not have a cow, man, unless a grill is involved, in which case, please have a cow, man. Yeti Hunting. Hunting the legendary beast of the Great North doubles as a survival course in case you need to visit your local library. Dressing for success. After a year of button-down shirts and sweatpants, learn about life after Zoom. Lady Gaga. Yes, I am serious. I do not have a pu-pu-poker face. The Amazing World of Bubbles. Whatever you do, don't blow this class. That's a good one. How to watch television. Just imagine all these years you have been doing it all wrong. And finally, one of my personal favorites, Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse, which I assure you is coming. Be sure to tell them Ron sent you and get a signed autograph from Maria Portalsman of Organizing Your Life with Maria Portalsman. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody. Well, we're back. So, Mark, we, we finished our breakdown, and I think we're going to talk real quick about a few of the things that we, we normally do at this point, which would be, you know, some of the firsts and tropes and maybe a few fun facts or goofs. Um, real quick summary from a deleted scene perspective. We won't talk too much about them. We mentioned a few of them as we were breaking down the episode. Um, but I think there were 10 scenes roughly ran about right at six minutes, just a little under six minutes. So, you know, like always, I, I think, you know, when you got to shove all of the, this whole episode into, you know, uh, 21 minutes, um, there, you're going to leave something on the cutting room floor. Oh, for sure. Yeah. One of the deleted scenes that I, I thought was pretty funny, and they actually did two variants of it. It's again, it's it's Leslie and Justin are at their restaurant. I think they're at the Moroccan restaurant. And, you know, Justin is telling yet another yarn, spinning another yarn. And he says, and I was going to be known as the guy who killed Yo-Yo Ma with his hang glider. <laughs> you, you just got to wonder what the hell this guy's up to in his life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
yeah i would hate to be known as that guy yeah yeah but anyway, I think there's not a lot else to talk about in terms of deleted scenes, but from a first and tropes and, and fun facts, um, did you have anything, Mark? Uh, for, for goofs and fun facts, I did not. I did have some firsts and tropes. Um, okay. So for first, I had, uh, and I think we've mentioned one of these uh, as per the episode title, Leslie's House. I believe this yeah. is the first time we've seen Leslie's uh, awesome craftsman style uh, house. Uh, at, at, least, house. Yeah. At, at least the inside. And I was trying to remember back on i couldn't remember if like we had had like a camera shot just nope. glossing over so it in the first past. establishment shot it's our okay. first interior shot yep interesting all right yep. and then that's the other- why I, I think it struck me so much that you know this is a beautiful house mm. and you know I, I i think it was it is a house leslie would pick i think it's on character i just don't think that house exists in pawnee indiana personally you're probably right yeah. what's even worse is pawnee is imaginary so it probably doesn't what? but that sh- all right i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding my that's God. where my summer home is don't tell people that <laughs> um so the, the quick yeah. my vacation pass <laughs> <laughs> look i have points to sell all right <laughs> there um, we go. so the other first that i had uh was and, and this may not be correct but i'm gonna make a case for it okay it seemed like andy was kind of mad slash jealous at april for the first time tell me more Well, because, you know, up to now, they've just been kind of like goofy and hanging out together and April's been giving them puppy dog eyes. But it seems like every time they've been together, it's been either kind of neutral or they've had a really good time together. I think this is the first time that Andy was mad at or jealous uh, about April. So I I just kind of thought because we've been saying, Andy, you dolt. How can you be this blind to these puppy dog eyes? But I think maybe it's a little bit to that. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's not necessarily that he's jealous of a romantic interest she has at this point yet. But, you know, he's definitely upset that she didn't back him on his his anti-Justin play. Right, that she she sided with her other thruple people than him. But you know what's interesting about what you're saying is this is the first time he expects her to be on his side, which means he has turned some sort of corner here in his personal view of his relationship with April. That's a great you know, point. That I completely agree with. That. I didn't even think about it in that fashion. I think that Andy in his in his little Andy head definitely has in his mind that they have a connection and that she's yeah. going to reinforce that. Yeah. No, Interesting. excellent yeah. point. Now, nah, after the big puppy dog eyes last week and everything, yeah, I think he 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 rightfully thinks that you know she should be on his side. So very interesting. Good. First. I also I also have a, a few tropes, but I wanted to see. Do you have any first? What I miss? I had I had John Balma, uh, who's the character actor who plays Barney. I said it's the first appearance of Barney. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. And we'll yeah. meet Barney again later. You know, uh, once Ben and Chris come on the scene here, not very long from now, in fact. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a season or so before uh, Ben gets you know the his first accounting gig, and we see Barney again. Um, I. Th- think that's well and the, i learned maybe you already said this definitely first of leslie's house but first time we learned that leslie's any kind of hoarder i i, I put that in my first mm, bucket yeah that's true i didn't mention that which is interesting because in every other way she's like kind of very organized and you know anally so and you know over prepared and we've pointed those out as tropes in the past it's a little bit of a character contradiction to also be a hoarder but it was funny yeah um, it was yeah. So anyway, um, what about tropes? Well, for tropes, I had um, 
couple couple new ones, couple old ones. The the old ones is I had a there's a very quick I think I already mentioned this PBJ punching bag Jerry moment where Tom doesn't want Leslie to invite Jerry to the to the yes. dinner party and is like, hey guys, what are you talking about? Shut up, Jerry, go away. So you know PBJ, <laughs> we love that. The other one uh, that is an existing trope, I guess, that we've talked about before. I said, and I didn't know the right way to put this. I said overprepared Leslie. I probably use that for too many things just because she 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 was going overboard trying to do all these things to make the party mm. fascinating for Justin. I guess that could be overprepared Leslie. There may be another way to phrase that, perhaps. It's it's a little bit over the top, Leslie, right? Mm, maybe that's a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Which which, again, is a very related character trait to overpreparedness. Right. Right. You know, I, I think it comes from the same place in her psyche for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I had a few others beyond those. I had, you know, uh, this running thing where Leslie can't seem to remember Tom as uh, not this exotic guy from elsewhere in the world, but from South Carolina. <laughs> I had that as exotic e- South Carolina. Exotic Tom. Exotic Tom. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, Tom's man crush on Justin. That's a bit mm. of a trope now here and will be yep. for another episode or so. Um, I had my punching bag, Jerry, like you did. I had punching bag, Kyle, a PBK. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah. We, we had troped that up a few episodes back. And, you know, uh, I don't know that actually Andy meant to get the shoe shine on Kyle's butt, but um, he did. Yeah. Kyle always does seem to be the recipient of, of bad shoe shine related stuff. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You'd think by now he would just risk not having shiny shoes. But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> My last trope, Mark, here was that, you know, because I think this is maybe already happened at least once before and will happen again. Leslie kind of telling on herself. I had that as LWBH. Leslie whistleblows herself. There you go. You're right. <laughs> and that's exactly how they said it before. So good call back. I had uh, one other one that I, I want to go to the judges for this, see if this qualifies as a trope. Okay. I called this one. I love all these acronyms. Yeah. I, I called this one FDR. You do, you do one, Mark. This one is FDR. Okay. Food, food driven Ron. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Let's ask the judges. All right. Yeah, they'll take it. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen clearly Ron, uh, you know, borderline bacon raw shrimp. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he is so driven and motivated by food in so many scenes. And, you know, when you're bringing a huge tray of deviled eggs and you're just like, I'm bringing this to the dinner party, please note this isn't for the guests. I don't want to share this. Yeah. This is for me, yeah. I guess, as an appetizer. <laughs> yeah. Do you need to order a spare fridge to have on hand? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I had. No, that's a good one. I only had one goof, and I, I suppose it's not necessarily a goof. In the fictional world of of Pawnee and their variant fiction world of Indianapolis, apparently we have a giant, beautiful aquarium. Mm. Um, I'm 99% sure that I've seen the aquarium that they shot that scene in, and it's in California, as yep. one would expect. I think you're right. Uh, I think in Monterey, in fact. But um, yeah, so I, I put it as a goof because it doesn't really exist. But, you know, it's it's a fictional goof at best. Yeah, that works. Yep. All right. Well, I think that about covers that for us. And, I, I you know, at this point, Mark, let's talk a little bit about what led to our scores and let's give our scores. All right. I think that sounds like a plan. Um, so who should go first? And then the other pretends like they're, you know, copying. Do you, do you want me to go first? Um, better yet. Why don't you go first? 
Oh, I like that even better. Okay, yeah, yeah I'll do that. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, so first, just kind of going down the character, you know, as I saw them in this episode. So Leslie, this in my in my opinion, Leslie was a little bit more manic and crazy than I would typically like from her. She didn't quite go over the line. She was maybe a little bit more in that direction than I would choose. I, I do like that at the end, she kind of pulled back in a very sweet Leslie style by turning herself in and making financial restitution, not because she was caught, but because she felt bad, which is yeah. one of her most endearing Leslie qualities. So I like that. Okay. <clears throat> um, both Ron and Tom had some really, really funny laugh out loud moments. Um, you know, for for Tom, he had some really good interplay with his man crush, Justin. I love that. For Ron, uh, it was it was kind of interesting to see them continue, I guess, with the Ron, Wendy, Tom triangle. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's OK. They're not beating us over the head with it just That's yet. That's true. So, eh, all right. Um, April and Andy, uh, April, some really nice moments with Andy. Uh, you know, there's this interesting dynamic, as we've talked about, where she's kind of forced to uh, choose, I guess, between going along with the rest of the thruple, uh, Derek Ben, or backing Andy, you know, like she usually does. Um, yeah. And then with Andy, she had both nice moments with April, uh, who I think she's he was kind of surprised he didn't she didn't back him up. And also with Leslie kind of showing like he's still pretty loyal to her. He's she's his guardian angel and he appreciates it. Um, I thought Anne and Mark had some nice comedic moments and had some nice best friend moments where she always supports Leslie, which I know sounds like it's just like a boring thing. But I thought and uh, Rashida Jones did a good job in this episode. I really like that. Mark had some unexpected comedy moments, uh, which was welcome and kind of unexpected because I know sometimes we've said his character can be a little bland. So I, I kind of like that. He stepped up a little bit here. Yeah, I did too. Um, uh, complaint. No Donna at all. Yeah. Um, and Jerry wasn't present at all, except for the very quick, probably five second PBJ moment. So basically yeah. no Donna or Jerry, uh, which is a shame. <clears throat> I would honestly say other than Donna and Jerry, they didn't do a bad job of using their comedic bench. Um, so it's, it's, I can kind of see that both ways. Um, <clears throat> in general, this episode was an odd one for me to try and apply, you know, my crazy rubric Alan that I try to use. Um, if I was going to try to rate this solely off of how many times a specific moment made me literally laugh out loud, I gotta tell you, this might be one of the highest rated episodes to date. Like there were that many of them. Interesting. However, if I were to rate it only on how I thought all these comic moments kind of gelled together into like one awesome plot, cohesive story. Yeah. Meh, it's not bad, but like, you know how sometimes how many times have you heard the saying, you know, this the sum is greater the the the, the, the whole is greater than the sum of its sum parts. Of parts. Yeah, I don't feel like it was. I feel like it would. The whole was the sum of its parts. And it's OK. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it the plot wasn't great. It was OK. Um, so for whatever reason. Um, so here's my score. I am going to give a three base score for this. So it's a it's a little low, but I have a lot of bonus points okay. to, to hand out. So basically my thought process here, Alan, is I'm going to give a half point for every single moment that literally against my will mm. made me laugh out loud. 
and there were 10 of them. So I'm just going to go through real quick and rapid fire. And telling Leslie to cook chicken and call it Pawnee Cockatoo, LOL. Ron <laughs> bargaining for how many courses the dinner will be, LOL. Nice. Tom going overboard with exfoliating slash refoliating his hands, LOL. Panicky Leslie moment. And get over here. I'm already here, LOL. Rare uh, Mark, LOL moment. I can't tell the kid yeah. can't tell the, tell the story. His mouth melted. Ron's tray of devil eggs, LOL. Tom eating the hot pepper uh, coat in his mouth to stop screaming. He starts screaming once Leslie pulls it out, LOL. The mustache riddled caricature of Ron sitting there with his grumpy, <laughs> normal Ron Swanson's face. LOL. Ron's hostile witness approach with Phil at the disciplinary committee. LOL. And finally, this actually this wasn't an LOL moment, but I'm going to give it half a point anyway. Bringing Leslie back from the brink of craziness at the end. I, I feel like she was more well grounded there at the end. And I like that. So I just listed off. If you include the Leslie moment there at the end, I just listed off 10. Yeah. So I'm going to give a half, point. half each. OK, so that's five, three plus five. I'm at eight little Sebastians. And so I, I realized something also with this rubric in general, I tend to view the episodes in terms of the individual high points and then the, the overall plot. And it's been like 50 50. Like, you know, if I was going to mm. score something a six, it might be like, oh, three base score and three for bonus points. This is a little bit of a difference. And yet I feel like it kind of reflects how I felt about this episode. Because okay. of what I said earlier. So anyway, eight little Sebastians. What you got, buddy? All right. Well, there you go. And you feel the way you feel. So there's no wrong answer here necessarily. Except, oh, dear. You know, you're slightly wrong. Oh, dear. Uh, well, again, <laughs> look, I don't think anyone's going to be terribly shocked when I lay down a score that's different than yours by only a small <gasps> portion. And that's what uh, we're going to do here. So fine. here's why. Hmm. Look. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think if anything, you were a little generous on the LOL scoring. Um, there were some very funny moments in this episode. I just felt like overall, though, well, I, I, maybe it's it stemmed in the fact of where of, it stemmed in the fact that this literally only had one storyline. Yeah, I felt like. You know how we've said when a guest star comes on, they just chew too much screen time? Well, I feel like in a plot sense, that kind of happened here, right? There was just so much emphasis on this one story. You know, you get crazy manic Leslie trying to make the most out of this date. And she really wants to impress Justin, just like Tom does. And everybody seems to want to be in Justin's good graces because he's this funny, dynamic, interesting guy. And, you know, and and Leslie's, you know, kind of rebounding from her 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 relationship with Dave after he's moved to San Diego. Right. So, you know, she wants this to work. And uh, she had this horrible, horrible <laughs> setup date with Chris from uh, you know, Pawnee Diagnostic Imaging last oh, week. Dear. So yeah. uh, she can only go up from here. Right. Right. And I think that's why she put so much energy into having this amazing, amazing party uh, in Pawnee, Indiana, uh, you know, to, to show her, show Justin how great she is because he's clearly great. Um, but, you know, again, you mentioned it, the sum of its parts versus the actual whole. I just felt like it was a little bit unbalanced as an episode, I think, is the mm. word I used here in my notes. Um you know, really, really miss Donna. Why wasn't Donna at the party? Donna's a very interesting person. My See, God. I completely agree. That was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity. I get why Jerry wasn't there because it's funny that he wasn't because that gives you your punching bag, Jerry. Boom, boom. Right. right. Um, and, you know, and that's that's right on character for, you know, Leslie to have not thought to invite Jerry or wanted him there because she doesn't think he's very interesting. Right. Um, but Donna, I think Leslie knows Donna's interesting and maybe Donna, you know, 
needed the week off. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm guessing Retta had a vacation day. Um, but beyond that, I, I like she should have been there for sure. I thought it was a funny plot mechanism to have Leslie, you know, per the the cold open, see this opportunity to bring these, you know, instructors in and kind of save the day. I did think that was a funny thing to do um, in terms of a script device and, you know, telling storytelling. I didn't have any problem with that. I just felt like a, a second storyline here could have put things in a little bit better balance. I think we as consumers of television comedies and dramas do like to see and process a couple different storylines. I think we both agree that five was way too many in Christmas Scandal or, or Christmas Candle, whatever it was actually called. But <laughs> uh, but the uh, but but one maybe too few here, and I think that's why I just felt like something was lacking. Um, you know, I, I didn't do your crazy rubric because I don't do it that way. <laughs> But I wound up at seven and a half. Again, I kind of looked at, you know, where we're at in season two. We've had a, a few, a run of these 8.0 episodes for me. And, and I like this one just slightly less than those. So that's kind of where I wound up. Again, we've made the point probably too many times that Parks and Rec is such a funny show that, you know, gosh, most this could be a 10 on a different show or a, a nine anyway, um, just because you don't usually get that much funny out of some of those other shows or those really nice, well-written moments embedded in a situation comedy, right? And there were a few of those again here. So I did like the episode. Uh, I, it's not in my top 10. Um, I had kind of forgotten about it, to be honest. And so I think all those things weighed in on my score. And I came in at seven and a half little Sebastians. Uh, you know, I think that's that's respectable. Um, I, I, I do agree with you that I think one storyline, it doesn't feel quite right. I mean, I, I know that... Uh, that I think we had both made this comment, maybe me a little bit more strongly than you on Christmas scandal. I felt like the stories just, they didn't have a lot of meat to them. And so I kind of felt shortchanged in that sense, but there were five uh, storylines. It's like having a, a, a sandwich mark where the meat is sliced too thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally no meat. Literally um, no meat. Yeah. Which I know you like, but the rest well, of Well, you know, don't. vegetarian, whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, with this, it's almost like here's an egg stretch it out that's your whole meal like yeah mm, can i have some bacon with that too maybe um yeah. so yeah i, I mean it or was better yeah bacon wrapped shrimp oh my gosh so good um yeah. yeah i i agree with you though i think that the, the the plot mechanism actually was pretty good uh i don't know that it was it was strong enough to keep everyone's firm attention through the whole thing and actually i was this close to having this rated as a seven and a half as well but but for me personally I literally don't think I've seen an episode to date that had this many moments that against my will just made me burst out <laughs> laughing. And so I, I kind of had to give it some props for that. But, you know, I don't blame you. No, it's yeah. good. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, there were some, as I said, I, I agree with you there. There were definitely some really funny standout moments here. Just on balance, I think it was missing a little something. And, uh, you know, I, I think it could have been slightly better in that regard. Agreed. All right. Well, Mark, next week we're going to cover Sweetums, which will mm. be a fun episode to break down. I'm interested to get into that world and some of the stuff that's going to happen, I think, really soon here in season two is going to really kind of change the show for the long haul. Oh, I think you're right. You know, if you can't beat them, Sweetums. Sweetums. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.
Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.